Hey, church family, wow, are you amazing. Let me just say it this way. Wasn't that fun last week, responding to one another while the service was going? Worship, the dance, Easter, what a a joy it was to celebrate the risen Lord. Today, as we uh, move into this sermon, this teaching, um, what I feel the Holy Spirit has said to me to say to you, I want you to understand that God is going to speak to you in such a very unique way. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Blessings upon this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, we always, with our our tithe, but the economic impact payment that was given to many of us I get to tithe on that. So right here, I have my envelope and my first check written out of that as to Valley Community Church. So as you uh, send your tithe in, go online or mail it in, uh, thank you for being so faithful to the Lord in what he's asked you to do. We have been celebrating Easter at home, and now we are a week away uh, past Easter And we want to talk about something that also happened that Jesus had promised, that special 50th day, and what happened in that room that's called the upper room. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. This is Luke writing the book of Acts, and the first account he made was the first, the the book of Luke. But in the book of Luke, he talks about what Jesus began to do and to teach. And in the book of Acts, Luke will tell us other things that Jesus did. And we're going to zero in on that 50th day. Verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit Not many days from now. Look at verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which a father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Acts chapter 1 is a transition chapter in the Bible. Chapter 1 marks one of the greatest transitions in human being lives. In all of history, this is one of the greatest transitions that God ordained for mankind. In my opinion... There is not a more important season that took place recorded here in the book of Acts. 
The book of Acts ends the Gospels. We have taught what happened on that Sunday, Easter Sunday. He is risen. We discuss the work of Christ in those three special days. Luke is beginning to tell us what happened after all of this. Again, really allow yourself to just sit there on your couch in your chair on the floor and allow yourself to understand this is a transition I need to understand. The Gospels end with the death, burial, and the resurrection of Christ. And Acts begins to talk about and introduces the account of the birth of the church and its growth through the apostles. So let me say it this way. There was a transfer of ownership that is taking place here. There also is a tremendous change of thinking, a tremendous change of thinking that took place at this time. Jesus is preparing here in Acts chapter 1, Luke writing it down, he's preparing these people for this transition. He's preparing us for the Holy Spirit, not just to come, but to dwell with us and in us. But the disciples had a big challenge. Their thought was this, how are we supposed to do what he told us to do without him, without Jesus? How are we going to preach the kingdom of God to all nations and make disciples that he asked us of? How are we going to preach repentance to the ends of the earth? How are we going to heal the sick and raise the dead like he did and like he told us that we would? Here's my question to you. How are we going to do this without him here? The answer to all of these questions, to all of those questions, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how. Here's my statement. We will do it the same way they did. Things haven't changed. Jesus was telling us the answer when he was preparing them to receive the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is through a dependence and a relationship with the Holy Spirit is the only hope you have is through the victory of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to produce salvation, healing, and an overcoming life, which is what Christ asked you and me to do. See, that's our call. That is the seed of our call. Everything that you and I do in life for the kingdom of God, that's the seed where we jump from. Your flesh can't do it. We talked about that last week. But Jesus gave us victory on those three special days. So here it is. We must, regarding the Holy Spirit, learn who He is, learn how to hear Him, learn to understand and discern His presence and His desires and what He, the Holy Spirit, wants to do. In Luke 24, beginning with verse 46, it speaks of what the disciples were told to do. Then He said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer 
and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus told them to wait. You know what's amazing? (laughs) Is the disciples and a total of 120 did what he said. They waited. Doesn't the Bible say to wait on the Lord? Seven days. Pentecost, the 50th day. So here's my point. The 120 went into the upper room totally incapable of doing what Jesus left them there to do. But they came out of that room absolutely capable of doing everything the Lord left them to do. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but what this teaching is all about, I had to find out what happened in that room. Let me ask you a question. Are you interested? Well, let's just jump into this. Let's, let's begin to really dive into this, and let's really begin to find out why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. Let me show you in a simple way what happened to the 120 on the 50th day after the crucifixion called Pentecost. Some of you watching the screen say, Pastor, <clears throat> I know the Holy Spirit. Baptize them and endue them with power. So let me say it this way. Even if you know and experience this, it's still easy to get away from this. It's still easy to drift out from a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Anytime you don't put your trust and hope in the Holy Spirit, you put your trust and hope in something else. What could that be? Don't miss this. For some of you, it's easy to trust in your flesh. Because don't get off with me on doctrine. (laughs) Because you have good flesh. You're amazing people, and you have done and are doing amazing things. You are gifted by God, and you are doing things. But remember, there's nothing good but God. So let me call your attention back to where you need to be, not where you might be. We need to focus in on our hope is in the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it is very important that I go away. Why? Because another one like me will come. But he no longer will be with you. He will be in you, and he is called, and he is the Holy Spirit. See, we need to lean into this baptizo, the immersion of the, of the presence of God that is in us. If you don't, you have nothing to lean on. So here it is. It's either the Holy Spirit or it's the flesh. 
It's not both. It's either the Holy Spirit or the flesh. Now, that was just the introduction. But now, let me give you a question, and we're going to answer the question in four different ways. Why be filled with the Holy Spirit? There's so many uh, teachings out there that, and, and hear what I'm about to say. And I'm, I am not disting people. I am not trying to say I'm smarter than anybody else. I am just trying to bring to you what Jesus did through the Holy Spirit, what the Father has given us through the Holy Spirit on that 50th day. So why be filled with the Holy Spirit? First of all, so that we can think the way God thinks or think as God thinks. In the natural, we don't think God's thoughts. In the flesh, we don't think God's thoughts. But Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are so much higher than ours, it's like the distance between heaven and earth. We don't have a chance to think God's thoughts without the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. He promised peace, and he promised the Holy Spirit. What happened on that 50th day after the crucifixion? 120 people began to think God's thoughts. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13 through 16 says this. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, Holy Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. See, it's only by the Holy Spirit you know spiritual things. We are facing this this season that we are in right now. What do I do? What's going to happen? What's the future? You turn on the TV and you have people that are saying their opinion. I'm wondering, God, what are you saying? What are you saying when I'm laying in bed to me? What is my future? Has my future changed that you told me last year what you're going to do through me and in me? Has that changed because of this? I know some of you are really hurting. Some of you have lost loved ones. I've wept with people this week because of their losses. This is hard. This is difficult all around the world. Death is is standing there and laughing at us. But I want to say to you, what is God thinking? What does God know? And he said, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit because my ways are higher than yours. 
But when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit and you lean into him, you know what he thinks. So to think the thoughts of God, you must be baptized and be filled with the Holy Spirit. You will see on your screen, and you will see a a teaching that Pastor Dan gives regarding the Holy Spirit and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized. And I would encourage you, if you have not already, I would encourage you to dive into that, to read it, and to ask the Lord what this is all about. So the question is, why do you need to think the thoughts of God? Well, let me say it this way. Have you ever said or thought, oh, that's impossible? I don't know how we're going to get through this. Ever wonder if God wakes up one morning, by the way, he never sleeps nor slumbers, and says, that's impossible. It won't change. It can't happen. I can't do it anymore. I give up. No. God doesn't say things like that. The thought that's impossible has never entered the mind of God. I'm going to say it again. The thought that's impossible has never entered the mind of God. Are you thinking his thoughts? So what does the word say about him? Matthew 19, 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. With the flesh, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. I believe God wants us to think his thoughts in this area instead of our own. Through the agency, the power of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing impossible with God in me. God will do this thing for you. God will change this difficult season in your life. He will change this. Why? Because that's been the plan of God throughout history. Nothing is impossible. This becomes the basis of our faith. Nothing is impossible in our lives. I believe the 120 came out on that day knowing all things Christ asked of them is now possible. Can you imagine their thoughts seeing Christ die? Can you imagine Peter and what what Jesus told him he was going to do three times and he did it, denied Christ? Can you imagine Thomas Can you imagine John on the cross? Jesus says, John, here's your mother. How are we going to do this? What's our future? What's going to happen? They came out of there knowing that everything's possible. This is a new meaning to how to have faith of God. How to have faith of God, the faith of God? (laughs) Think like him. What happens is your mind begins to change. You see things differently. And you don't judge everything after the natural and see in the spiritual and begin to pray the thoughts of God because now they're your thoughts. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit like you'll become weird. (laughs) Being baptized in the Holy Spirit makes you genuinely human. 
Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6 says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Here's the second thing, or reason to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So we can feel what God feels. Many think, Pastor, we can't feel what God feels. God wants you to. The most descriptive verse of, God, of who God is is found in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Because God is love, it doesn't say he is lovely or he loves. It says he is love. It is only by the Holy Spirit and his power that you are able to love as God loves or love as God. You can't do it in the power of the flesh. It is impossible except through God. And with God, there's nothing impossible. It is supernaturally imposed upon us by the Holy Spirit and to feel as God feels. You see, when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and He dwells in you, it is imposed on us to love because you love. How in the world are we going to reach the lost that we don't know without the love of God and feel what God feels toward them. The Bible says, for God so loved the church. The Holy Spirit brings compassion of God for people in our lives so we can feel what God feels. Oh, church family. Everyone that is seeing this and hearing my voice, on that 50th day, God changed them that way. He changed them from self-centeredness into people who are passionately in love with God, which gives them great passion and love for human beings. How am I going to stand over a city like Jesus did and weep and genuinely see the people and weep for those people. Not because they're being blown to smithereens. Love them because they simply look like sheep without a shepherd. Do we need to feel that way to accomplish God's plan? Yes, we do. Yes. That's why we, or I'll say it personally, I need the Holy Spirit on a daily basis in my life as we talked about the presence of the Lord, as we talked about all these things, what we have done celebrating Easter at home, let him invade your heart. The church must, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, feel what God feels toward the world or toward anything, toward your spouse, toward your children. Here's the third reason to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
so we can want what he wants. See, the Holy Spirit will change your wanter. I didn't say gooder, so it could change your wanter. Matter of fact, this is my opinion. Some of us may have a problem with our wanter. There is a war going on against it. There's a huge difference between our wanter and our needer. Think about this. What an incredible way to live to always want what God wants. Let me, let me say that again. What an incredible way to live to always want what God wants. To be free from everything else except for what God wants. Wow. Wow. To be so purposeful in all that we do. To be so full of the Holy Spirit. See, our emotions are wrapped up in things and stuff that don't get us anywhere, that don't get you anywhere. It will change if you only want what God wants. This is possible for all of us. Now I want to be very, very frank with you. Sad to say, what I just explained to you, I'm still working on that personally. I'm not standing here in front of this camera and saying, you know, I got this thing, I'm there. I'm not, church. I'm not, folks. But it is a reality. It's something that we can absolutely walk in. I mean, you look in the book of Acts, you read the book of Acts, and you see these guys bouncing back and forth. They're walking in the spirit, and then they're walking in the flesh sometimes. Anybody been there? Yeah, I know. I don't see your hands, but I'm sure every one of you raise your hands. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. So let me just give you some play on words here, okay? God will give you what you want, but through the Holy Spirit, he changes your wanter, showing you what he wants you to want. Everything you want is his will because of the power of the Holy Spirit. So here's a definition doing the will of God. Want what he wants and then do anything you want to. Want what he wants and do anything you want to because you have his thoughts. See, the 120 through the power of the Holy Spirit won the war over their wanter and fulfilled all Jesus asked of them. Have you won the war? You cannot until the Holy Spirit empowers you. So let me give you number four, but let me say this before. You think what he thinks. You baptize the Holy Spirit. You feel what he feels. And you want what he wants. So I kind of know that you're seeing my last point before I say it. Here's number four. So we can do what God does. Philippians 3.3 3 says this, For we are the circumcision 
who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Your flesh will not produce all what you are to do for his kingdom. You may do a little in the flesh, but God has given you much more. I have talked and prayed with so many of you. I'm so proud of you. I'll tell you, as, as, as a pastor, I'm so proud of the things that you are, are doing, the things that you are saying, how you're standing in the gap and, and we're, we're getting on Zoom and we're, we're, we're talking and we're praying together and Sunday morning at nine o'clock, we're getting on the prayer line and we're praying in tongues and we're absolutely overwhelming the kingdom of God with faith. But because we're thinking God's thoughts, we're feeling what he feels. Oh. Have no confidence in the flesh and live and do life by and through the Holy Spirit of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, The men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these folks that you just heard are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Think, feel, want, and do as God would by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this. If you are here and what you just heard just absolutely has energized you into making some decisions, before you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you must be saved. If you are listening to this and watching this, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you shall be saved. And doesn't this amazing gift, remember, peace, it will come through this salvation. And the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I give you. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, again, Pastor Dan Downey uh, on our staff has given us direction how, and it's right in front of you. Click on it on the webpage and understand that on that 50th day, 
was more than just the thundering and the, the words and everything. It was God himself, the Holy Spirit, indwelling in man. The church began. Oh. And today we are the church. Continuing, even though we're not gathering together, soon we will. But you're gathering in your homes. You're listening in your truck. To all our truck drivers, thank you. I talked to some of our doctors and I talked to our nurses, many of them today. Bless you for what you're doing. For those that work at the grocery store, anybody that whatever you do and you are getting up in the morning, you're still going to work and you're, you're making this happen for our country. Thank you. Bless you. May the protection of the Lord be all over you. But let me tell you, the battle has already been won. Amen. It's already been won. And I'm asking you, let's dive into this lifestyle of the Holy Spirit. And when we dive into this lifestyle, we will know the thoughts of God. We will feel what he feels. Oh, and we will accomplish everything that God has asked us to do in our life, serving the kingdom. Bless you. Let the Lord just absolutely overwhelm you with such perfect peace. And may you, within a few days from today, begin to hear the voice of God like you have never heard. Why? Because he's right there in your spirit talking to you. God bless you.